from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. G23 ki rai man karke, kudu ulta na kar de. The G23 or group of 23 leaders in the Congress have been the subject of headlines and barbs from opponents for a while now. It started with them shooting off a letter in August of 2020 to then interim party chief Sonia Gandhi. In the letter, they suggested various reforms within the party that they said could reverse its fortunes. Among the signatories included senior party leaders like Bhupinder Hooda, Anand Sharma, Gulam Nabi Azad, Manish Tiwari and Shashi Tharoor. Since then, two leaders who signed that letter have left the party. One dissociated himself from the group. Another didn't show up at the last meeting the group held. Then, one of the most vocal members of the group, Kapil Sibal, left the party on the 25th of May. Every person has to think for himself whether the time has come for him to do something different. Prithviraj Chavan was one of the signatories to this letter and is a member of the group. A former spokesperson of the party, he's been Minister of State in the Prime Minister's office in the second United Progressive Alliance government. He was also the last Congress Chief Minister in the state of Maharashtra. He's currently an MLA in Maharashtra. In an interview with my colleague Alka Dhupkar, he explains why the group of leaders wants more introspection from the party, whether they're being sidelined for raising their voices, and why the party shouldn't adopt what's termed as soft Hindutva. Alka started by asking Prithviraj Chavan about the furore in the party over nominations for Rajya Sabha seats. Let's start with the latest unrest in the party, mainly uh, in Maharashtra and across India. So how do you view the dispute over the Rajya Sabha nominations and those who are nominated? You held a press conference where you mentioned that the senior like uh, party leaders sh- should rethink about the nominations. We had uh, Pawan Khera and Nagma expressing their disappointment over failing to get a nomination. There are very few seats and there are literally hundreds of aspirants. And it, therefore, it is not possible for the high command to satisfy everyone. Uh, that's all clear. Uh, of late, uh, Congress Party's strength has been shrinking. So number of people who could be accommodated in the Rajya Sabha also has become less and less. One duty of a Congress member of parliament, particularly the upper house, the house of Rajya Sabha, is to be accommodated in the AICC secretariat and then to work as a general secretary in charge of some department. Now, with shrinking numbers, the requirement of Congress secretariat takes the priority and therefore people whom the Congress leadership, the Congress president, is more comfortable working with, get a chance to become the members of Rajya Sabha. And there is a heart burning at the level of uh, state that look, uh, sometimes uh, outsider has been nominated, or sometimes a person who may not be the best suited for promoting the party in the state has been selected, but he may be more useful in the ASSA secretary. Primarily, these people will be useful to the Congress president in the AICC secretary at the top level. Many of them have been working in the AICC secretary for a long time, for example, 
Mr. Surjewala, Mr. Uh, Vasnik, uh, Mr. Ajay Makan has been working already, but they were not members of any house. So now giving them uh, the member of parliament status, uh, their utility to the Congress High Command would be higher. This is the logic behind it. Therefore, while many people might want to get into parliament, it is not possible to satisfy everybody. Recently, senior leader Kapil Sibal uh, left the party and former ministers, senior leaders are leaving Congress in the time when BJP and Narendra Modi have manifested Congress Mukta Bharat Abhiyan. How do you look at these events? There are certain issues about the way uh, decisions were taken the party of late. Some of us uh, were concerned about the falling fortunes of the Congress party and we saw in our own way that uh, certain decisions uh, that were taken uh, were not in the best interest of the party. And uh, we saw in the results of the elections over the last couple of years that uh, Congress party's fortunes have been dwindling, going down. And that's why uh, we wanted to discuss these issues to the Congress president. Some of us uh, wrote a letter to the Congress president some time back uh, because it was not possible to meet due to the pandemic. Uh, the letter was strictly a confidential communication uh, because we could not meet. If you had wanted to make it public, we could have taken a press conference and uh, published it. But unfortunately, the letter got leaked somewhere. And it was leaked in such a way that only selected portions were leaked out to show that there is some kind of a dissatisfaction, rebellion, or some anti-leadership move by some people, which is complete nonsense. Very simple facts were written that looking at the opposition of Mr. Modi and Mr. Shah, Congress party should be led by a full-time president who is uh, meeting people, who is taking decisions on a day-to-day basis, on a face-to-face basis. Uh, second thing was that for 24 years, Congress party has not had elections as per the Congress party's constitution. So we had second demand that we made that we should, as soon as possible, as soon as practical, as soon as pandemic gets over, we should hold full and complete elections to the Congress party uh, so that we have fresh blood is inducted, youngsters come in, and we have a more representative Congress party rather than a few nominated people who have been taking decisions for all this uh, long period of time. Uh, I think by and large, uh, Mrs. Gandhi, who is now accepted to be the full-time president of the Congress party, Secondly, that she has promised elections and election processes on. So two primary demands were largely met. Now, let us see how things unfold. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we had uh, five more elections to the state assemblies, and those were quite dismal results. Uh, uh, the, in the interaction that we had with the Congress president later on, face-to-face interaction, she had also uh, promised that there would be a Chintan Shibir. Now, that Chintan Shibir, also took place. But unfortunately, uh, somehow somebody uh, who was more loyal than the king uh, uh, kind of thought that there is no need to do chintan. So the word chintan was erased and it was replaced by the word nava sankalpa, which is a new result. So the idea being that, okay, whatever has happened is what happened, to forget about it. There's no need to do a post-mortem. Um, let's look at the future. So that was the spirit in which Udaipur conclave took place. This was not a chintan at all. This is not an introspection at all. And there should have been an uh, introspection, honest introspection, maybe a closed-door introspection. Only 
not to fix uh, responsibilities, not to hang people, but to make sure that we don't repeat those mistakes again. That, unfortunately, did not happen. After the last set of elections of Kerala and Assam, there was a committee appointed by the Congress president to introspect or to go into what happened, why we lose all the states. But that report of that committee was again uh, taken and buried into the cupboards, which is not uh, in the correct spirit of things. You asked question about Mr. Kapil Sibyl. He was one of us. We was one of the persons who wrote letters. We had several meetings. Uh, he had a strong view about uh, uh, elections being held on time, uh, but the fact that elections were not held for a very long time, and that various organs of the Congress Party's constitution were not in place, and only nominated persons uh, were filling those positions. As a result, the Congress leadership does not get honest advice. If only nominated people only give advice what the leadership likes. That then ends up in results that we have over a period of time. We're absolutely clear that if you want to defeat Mr. Modi in, say, 24 Lok Sabha elections, uh, we have to do well in the ensuing 12 assembly elections from now to May of 24. Uh, we'll have to have some uh, governments in some states and uh, so that we get more Lok Sabha seats from those states. And secondly, we have to have a large, broad coalition of like-minded parties uh, which will have to be led by the largest party, which is the Congress party today. Uh, but that coalition uh, has to be forged as soon as possible. There may be some difficulties for Congress party in certain states where our state units is very, very ineffective, but somebody else has uh, come to power. So we still have to go with them. Of course, Mr. Kapil Sibyl felt that nothing of the these issues are not being addressed. And he advised that uh, that's not the way, that there's no point you know, waiting further, I think he he thought that there is no go out of it and he took his own decision. This very uh, dear colleague and he had contributed to the party greatly. He was also a legal luminary who helped us out in various points. But he has taken his own path and he wants to be an independent voice in parliament. Do you feel that because you red flagged the high command, uh, members of the G23 are sidelined by the uh, national leadership? No, I can't comment on that. That is a that is a decision of high command. Uh, I think there is always a tussle between uh, people of experience and uh, people of energy, youthful people who can run about, carry out agitations, uh, as against people who are very senior, who are experienced, who are networked, who can connect up with other parties uh, because they work as colleagues uh, um, at that level. And the mix of the two is what is desirable. I think uh, it is for the Congress High Command who they feel comfortable with. And since they are not elected leaders, they are all nominated leaders, then you nominate person who are comfortable with. Mr. Chavan, are you happy with the Udaipur Navasankalpa declarations, the reforms made by the High Command and the groups they have formed, which are mainly in the advisory nature? Uh, then they are, there are rules like one family, one ticket with exception. I think media has hyped up the one family issue or five-year term or 50% youth is completely out of proportion. First of all, I personally feel that many of these changes will have to be ratified by the ISIS. They, they are not uh, uh, 
internship resolution is not binding in the Congress party. But uh, I could be wrong. These are uh, well-intentioned ideas that you should not uh, nominate more people from the uh, same family. As a matter of fact, you don't have to have a resolution. And I think Congress party people, leadership is careful enough that an unknown person who has not been in politics at all uh, suddenly has been parachuted just because he's son of a big leader. That's not liked by anybody. That's perfectly fine. But I think more importantly, as I highlighted in the beginning, we expected a Chintan Shibir. This was not a Chintan Shibir. It was a Narsankal Shibir, a resolve for the future, which is also important. Chintan is a difficult exercise, not a very happy exercise. They need to be addressed. And we have to be completely truthful about it, upfront about it. If mistakes are done, we're human beings. We can make mistakes, but then we make sure that we underline this error of judgment and then this will not happen again. Earlier set of elections, uh, the committee was set up, that report is there, that report should have been discussed in, say, a close group of 20 people and some lessons learned. That doesn't seem to have been done in Udaipur. You were starting this Bharat Yatra program, proposing and announcing now. Isn't it too late for Congress? Well, nothing is late in politics. You know, it's never too late for anything. Uh, it is in the current context of the elections to Gujarat and Himachal, I would uh, tend to agree with you. But this year, I would have chosen an earlier date, uh, not October 2nd, uh, which is a symbolic date uh, for Gandhiji's uh, birthday. But I think uh, a date which would make an impact in Himachal and Gujarat, the election-going states, and perhaps JNK, if uh, Mr. Modi decides to hold the JNK elections, uh, this year, then it will be late for those elections. But that's the convenience of high command. I can't comment on that. Well, uh, regional parties like AAP, or we can call smaller parties like AAP, are coming as a cutthroat competition to Congress presence in the states where Congress had a stronghold earlier. What is the strategy here for Congress? Well, point is, uh, people of the country large percentage of people, more than a majority 50% point, almost 60% in 2019 election, and almost 70% in 2014 election, have voted against the BJP. BJP only got about less than 40% votes in 19 election, and 31% votes in 14 election, which means People who did not vote for BJP wanted to defeat BJP and voted to defeat BJP, but voted for different political parties. And the division of vote helped the BJP to get a large number of seats. So our objective is that uh, while there is a great need, people in the country want a very strong opposition. They want to defeat Mr. Modi. But if parties get fragmented, then uh, it's unfortunately again back to Mr. Modi. So it is very important that a large coalition of like-minded parties is forged before the 2014 election, which will take on Mr. Modi. So this broad alliance of like-minded political parties will have to be led by Congress party. Because no other single uh, regional party, however successful in their respective states, like in West Bengal 
or in Tamil Nadu or in Andhra Pradesh. That cannot be a national alternative to Mr. Modi. And that has been said by many opposition, senior opposition leaders also. And when there is uncertainty about the Congress party, there's a uh, leadership vacuum. Other parties tend to occupy that vacuum. And that's what has happened in um, Delhi and Malaysia and Punjab. But yeah. largely, I think I still can, we would like to emphasize that uh, first of all, in order to defeat Mr. Modi, because we are afraid that if we lose the 2014 election, then I don't think there'll be any more the liberal democracy that we've conceived over the last 70 years and practiced over the last 70 years. There would be a democracy, there would be voting, there would be television footage of long lines of people going and casting their votes. But the spirit of a liberal democracy will be lost and we'll have a guided democracy. Uh, like Even Russia calls themselves a democracy. China calls themselves a democracy. So we'll also be a democracy of sorts. But it will be nothing but a, a real a new model, modern model of a fascist dictatorship that we saw in Germany. So it is imperative that we get together and defeat Mr. Modi. It's going to be a very difficult exercise. And for that, the beginning must happen now. And for that, Congress party must put its house in order. So there's a clear-cut uh, leadership. Uh, the opposition party know whom to negotiate with, who will lead the coalition. Uh, it's not necessarily... Uh, lead the coalition would mean who will become the prime minister. There are two different things. A person who will be convening the opposition, I think it's not impossible, but very difficult. People on ground, we have heard saying that, oh, Congress is almost dead. So what is the future of your party uh, see in this situation? No, they say said wishing Congress book Bharat for a very long time. Um, and... Uh, there are ups and downs in politics. We are in down phase now, without a doubt. But I don't think uh, anybody can wish Congress away. Mr. Modi is trying to make that election, uh, present a Bharat, Congress book to Bharat uh, before uh, Lok Sabha 24 election. And therefore, these 12 assembly elections are very, very crucial. How Congress party manages this election, that is the challenge before us. If you're not able to do that, then unfortunately, Congress party would have failed the nation. One reform, like must reform, you have to say that Congress must undertake immediately. No, I think only reform, not most or anything, only reform, we should undertake elections after a very long time as per the constitution. Many of uh, Congress critics are saying that Congress is very selective in picking issues. Uh, we find it muted on many issues. What are the pearls with the perception for this party on when it comes to picking up the issues? Well, I think, again, I'll come back to Udaipur's now central Shibir. In that Shibir, the issue about Hindutva and the issue about soft Hindutva being suggested by certain leaders in the Congress party was uh, raised. But unfortunately, uh, we could not come to any conclusion. How does Congress confront these issues? And that is where the criticism, at times valid criticism, that Congress party suddenly become muted on certain issues. It's a difficult. But that's where the Congress party leadership will have to take a call, a hard call. Because I personally feel that uh, if you propagate soft Hindutva, then why should people come to us when there is a real article in BJP, the hardest possible Hindutva is there, why should they go for a softer version? So I think that will not work. And unfortunately, what has happened, because this... Uh, wishy-washy stand on many issues. 
many Muslim leaders are leaving us. I don't think any Muslim voted for us in UP. So I think it's a very matter should be seriously debated. We have to define a secularism very correctly. That each one of us can have our own religion. That's we are free to practice our own religion. But state has no religion. And state cannot choose one religion over the other. That is the spirit of a liberal democracy uh, that is enshrined in the constitution that we practice. You were the last chief minister of the party in the state of Maharashtra. Where does the Congress stand in the state presently, which was once his bastion and stronghold? We are today number fourth party in the state. And therefore, willy-nilly, we have to form a three-party alliance just to keep BJP out of power. And in that three-party alliance, we are the junior-most party. We have to go back to our strength where Congress party ruled alone by ourselves. And there were splits in the party. We weakened the party. But it's a task. It appears to be a uphill and difficult task. But yes, we'll have to continue doing that. Maybe step by step from number four position to number three, two, one, and then hopefully we'll get our own chief minister in the state and we defeat BJP uh, hands down. That's the challenge before us. You have worked closely with former uh, Prime Minister Dr. Manmohan Singh, uh, uh, Congress party leadership, both with Sonia Gandhi and Rahul Gandhi. I would really like to know that uh, how often uh, do you get a chance to communicate with the current leadership? Well, I keep on meeting Dr. Manmohan Singh Occasionally, when I go to Delhi, but his health is uh, not uh, what it was earlier. But he's always uh, most hospitable, most willing to talk. I've not been able to meet uh, Mr. Rahul Gandhi for a long time, almost I think three, four years. But Mrs. Gandhi meets uh, when we have for time. I have met her recently a couple of times. But yes, it is not as often as I was in Delhi uh, as a general secretary. But yeah, there is general complaint that uh, the leadership is not as accessible as it should be. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, Email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.